You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. I'm Wayne Nelson. On today's show, making sure business partners stay friends. What's needed to make that happen? The important provisions that should be in place to help ensure success, the issues that may arise, and how to resolve possible disputes. Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel Henry Villanueva is my guest today. And Henry, let's discuss business agreements because these can make or break a business. For sure. It's very typical for uh, businessmen after incorporating their business, let's say they set up a corporation, it's pretty typical for them to dive right into it, you know, Uh, market your brand, sell your products and services, pound the pavement, make those big dollars. Well, that's the key is you got to make some money. You got it. That's what you're in business for, right? And that's a fair concept. We're here to make money and make the business grow. However, as part of uh, your legal team and as part of your uh, estate planners at Macmillan, our goal is not only to encourage you to make the money, but we want to make sure that your risks are in check as well. Now, we've talked in previous episodes, previous shows about those risks, about those liabilities, and they are reduced when you have a corporation as opposed to a general or limited partnership or sole proprietorship. So let's talk about reducing risk even more in the corporate field. So again, when you have a corporation, uh, in cases where you are the sole shareholder, officer and director of the corporation. Chief cook and bottle washer. Exactly. Then you don't have a problem. You don't need any further business agreements between you, yourself, and I, because there's one big honcho. Sure. However, if you have two individuals who are not related, not husband and wife, if you have you and your best friend, for example, set up a corporation, there's many things you have to think about uh, when planning for your business's future. And that's why I'd like to discuss what's called a unanimous shareholders agreement. This is a fairly important document, Henry. So can you explain in a little bit more detail why it's so important? Well, a unanimous shareholders agreement uh, is something you have to consider when you have a business partner or partners uh, because there are other factors such as death, divorce, financial disagreements, or simply how to run the day-to-day business operations. These are other factors you have to consider when you have a business partner or partners. Now, this is something that is not covered in the general setup of a corporation, of a company. That's right. Our laws here in the province of Alberta have the Business uh, Corporations Act of Alberta that governs corporations, and there are default clauses that deal with these situations. However, business owners and individuals are always free to set up agreements on things that would uh, benefit themselves and the business. So by having a unanimous shareholders agreement, and this is a written agreement, Wayne, signed by all of the partners, it would essentially lay out the steps and solutions to be taken in the event any of these issues arise while they're doing business. So let's talk about death, for instance. If one of the partners passes on, In real estate, if someone is on title, husband and wife is on title, that's a joint tenancy, and one of them passes on, then the title or the property reverts to the surviving partner. Exactly. Spouse. 
Is that the same way that that it works with this unanimous uh, shareholders agreement? That's not the case because in a corporation, should one of the shareholders pass away, uh, the shares that one owns in the corporation will be dealt with in accordance with that deceased person's will. So if that shareholder who passed away says that I give all my shares in Corporation X to my child, then the child would receive the shares. However, if there is no such will or stipulation to that effect, you could be dealing with uh, the widow or the children again being your uh, business partner. So very important that you understand the full ramifications of what you've got yourself into in terms of not only the corporation, but how it is going to be handled in the case, in the event of these unforeseen circumstances such as death or divorce. And that should also be part of the will and estate planning. That's right. It seems uh, really complicated, but uh, when we go through this with families at Macmillan Estate Planning, we simplify it for them. We give them examples and uh, effects on how uh, this would be dealt with if they did planning and if they did not do planning so that they're aware of what could happen in the future. Let's talk about some of those if we could. I know it's a bit unfair, but let's uh, get you to see if you can pull something uh, off the top of your head as as an example of what has happened that was good and something that has happened that wasn't so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a family... uh, uh, we have a family rather in Macmillan who um, the dad was a business partner uh, with uh, his best friend and they've been best friends for a long time. Unfortunately, life happens and they're not actually best friends with uh, each other's wife. Okay. Now think of what happened when one of the business partners passed away and the shares were transferred to the wife. That turned out into a pretty complicated or sticky business situation sure, because there's now some acrimony there exactly so in order to resolve that we had to look into the corporation and since they didn't have a unanimous shareholders agreement we had to figure out a way by which um, either one of these business partners could buy each other out to minimize the detrimental impact uh, on the business operations Another example is in the event that one of the partners gets into uh, a divorce, for example, uh, the effect of a divorce would normally be that uh, the surviving spouse or the spouse rather who uh, divorced would have a stake into 50% of the assets or 50% of the shares that one owns. So that could mean if you had a 50-50 business relationship, now you have a 50-25-25 business relationship. With uh, your business partner and 25% with his ex. And that's not always a good thing because that 25% may impact the business significantly and make the running of the business not as smooth as what we wanted it to be. All right. So this is why it is so important to have this unanimous shareholders agreement. Exactly. And the primary reason I like to promote this agreement is because of the phrase, life happens. You never know what happens during our lifetime. And there are many reasons for businessmen putting this uh, unanimous shareholders agreement aside, including our, uh, I hear a lot of businessmen saying we're best friends and we'll always get along and we never see any problems arising. Sure, they do. Some people say, well, it's so expensive to have one of these done, but I'll tell you, it's way more expensive to fight over this in court. How many businesses have 
this agreement in place? Well, from my experience, I'd like to say 60%, 40% don't have this agreement. Uh, I'd like this to climb to you know 100%, but I know that's wishful thinking sometimes. Sure. But there's 40% of businesses out there that could benefit from having this unanimous shareholders agreement in place. Exactly. And I'm not talking about businesses owned by just one person or a business owned by just the husband and wife. That's fine. They don't have to uh, really need this unanimous shareholders agreement. But if you have, again, two individuals or three or more who are not related to each other, then that makes having a unanimous shareholders agreement even more important. And that's one of the keys is that they are not related. Exactly. You mentioned cost. You said, so some people, they don't get this because of the cost. I would imagine that that cost is dependent on the size of the business and the complicated uh, the, the complicatedness of the uh, of the United uh, of the agreement. That's true. Uh, the cost for drafting a unanimous shareholders agreement uh, can be pretty affordable if you want a really simple one, and it can be uh, pretty costly if you want a really extensive and complicated uh, unanimous shareholders agreement. Again, costs are not dependent on the business per se, but it also depends on the negotiations between the business partners. Because uh, while having these negotiations, the costs for having these drafted increase, and it's also because of uh, having lawyers involved or your accountant or your tax professionals, for example, these also add to the costs for having a unanimous shareholders agreement done. But certainly your return on investment is much greater with one than without. It's not just the return, Wayne. It's also the headache for not doing one in the first place. And I'll tell you as a matter of experience, I'll tell you from my experience that uh, the time, money and effort spent uh, by corporate directors and officers for resolving conflict greatly outweigh um, Again, the time involved for paying for it. Sure, and getting it set up. Okay, Henry, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the issues that can be agreed upon in a unanimous shareholders agreement when we return. But right now, we're going to take a break. More to come on The Strong Room in a moment on 770 CHQR.